0: Welcome to Fangs and Folklore with your spooky host, Matthew Miller, expert in all things monster and paranormal. We give you pint sized, bite sized pieces of supernatural monster lore, exploring their origins, their history, and their meaning to the human condition. Listen, if you dare. <laughs> voodoo dolls that are poked and cause pain in the real person they represent. Strange midnight meetings around roaring fires. Black magic, evil spirits, curses, hexes, exotic herbs and roots brewed in a cauldron in the middle of the swamp. Black people painted in white, dancing around wildly, possessed by spirits. Are these the images that come to mind when you hear the word voodoo? While these images come from Hollywood to a certain degree, is there some truth behind them? Ours voodoo much more than we could possibly imagine. Welcome to Fangs and Folklore. I'm your host, Matthew Miller, expert in all things monster, paranormal, horror, folklore, and you name it. If it's spooky, I'm all about it. I'm a horror writer from the deep, dark, haunted swamps of Louisiana, and I welcome you to my terrifying world. Please check out my books on Amazon, beginning with Blood Feud, A Punk Rock Vampire Story which is series one in the Gravediggers series, volume one in the Gravediggers series. The Gravediggers series is about a failing punk rock band who keep running into these horrible monsters and creatures of the night. It's comedy horror at its finest, and it's super entertaining. Also, my novel editing company, PolishedNovels.com. Don't even think of sending your manuscript out into the world without the help of a professional editor, and that's me. So, as has been our practice, we're going to begin tonight's episode with a wine review. Now, uh, the wine I've chosen for tonight is, the label is Girard Bertrand uh, Grand Terroir. It's a 2017, and the appellation, the uh, appellation is Côte du Roussillon, Village Totavel. Very specific appellation there. And uh, it uh, tells us right on the label that the grapes are Grenache Syrah in Carignan, and it's, a, like I said, a 2017. So it's a, a Grand Terroir, it's a south of France kind of culmination of different grapes, assuming from different uh, vineyards. And here uh, in the studio of Thanks and Folklore, in the basement of the uh, abandoned castle in the middle of the haunted forest, I have, again, my, my goblet that looks strikingly like a human skull. And I poured the wine earlier. I can tell you that a, it's, a, it's a deep ruby color. Let's uh, try it on the nose. All right, I'm detecting some spice, herb spice. Uh, definitely some, some blackberries, currants, dark fruit. We're going to have a sip here. Hmm. Hmm my first impression, again, this is some herbal spice there, but clearly some blackberry, dark currant, black currant. It's also some leather on the palate, a little oak, and the acid is this medium to high acidic. The tannins, I would say, are soft to medium, and um, you know, body, full body, long-lasting finish. <clears throat> I think it's pretty good. I'll give it a, an eight out of ten, and it's very inexpensive. I got it for nine ninety nine, and uh, again, I'm all about value in wine. It's actually rated ninety one by um, by Wine Advocate. Wine Spectator is my favorite, but Wine Advocate is also okay. They rated a ninety one, which is pretty good, you know. So I'm going to agree with them. It's, it's 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 good. It's more than good. I wouldn't put it excellent, but I put it very good. Definitely something to serve with dinner, and I would try to pair it with. Maybe something, it has that spice herbal element. Maybe something with a little, with a little um, you know, a little kick. Uh, not spice, not chili pepper spice, but like uh, peppers, like bell peppers, roasted bell peppers, um, dense uh, roast meat. Um, you know, something a little herbal, spice, maybe some herbe de Provence in there somewhere. Anyway, hope you enjoy it if you do decide to check it out. Now, let's talk about voodoo. Just the word voodoo puts fear into some people, huh? Maybe you think of an old haggard witch brewing potions or casting spells, sticking pins in a voodoo doll in your image and as she puts the pin in the shoulder, your shoulder hurts, right? That's the Hollywood version. Voodoo is so much more. In fact, it's a full religion. It's a real religion. Voodoo itself is a new world phenomenon. It comes from some of the African uh, diaspora religions as uh, as most things with humanity it comes out of Africa, right? And these uh, African practitioners of their own native religions were, as we know, taken to the New World against their will, unfortunately, and the um, and, uh, religions that they practice in Africa, they brought with them. Now, Africa, of course, is an entire continent. We can't think of it as just like one country that's all the same. Many ethnic groups, many different cultures, and even so, the religions of Africa have some similarities. I want to touch on these briefly before we talk about voodoo itself. First of all, animism, animism the belief that all things in nature, uh, even things that we would consider in the West inanimate things, trees, rocks, have a spirit, and that spirit can be accessed and interacted with by humanity. Very close, close feeling to nature. Uh, Two, ancestor worship, the belief that people who die, humans who die become ancestors, uh, spirits who advise and protect their family here on Earth and the village and the, the, the people here on Earth associated with that family. Sometimes these ancestors can become angry when they're not placated or not properly venerated or adored. Uh, Possession, the belief that spirits and gods can take control of the human body of a worshiper and through that send messages or accomplish something. This is interesting. (laughs) Most of these African religions have a distant creator god. There is a monotheistic god who created the universe, but they believe that humans don't really have direct access to that god. It kind of reminds me of the deism of the founding fathers of the U.S., the, the, the great clockmaker. They believed uh, that God created the universe and then kind of stepped back and said, okay, have fun, you're on your own, and is not in our, uh, you know involved in our daily lives. And so these religions believe that too. However, there is a pantheon of demigods and spirits who are accessible to human beings. And through these, through this kind of second line of gods, that's how we ask us to access the creator God, through the the intervention of these spirit gods, these demi and these and uh, so forth. Uh, libation, ceremonial pouring out of liquid is a feature of these religions. That was you know, not just these religions, the Greeks did this, the Romans did this. Um, libation, all sorts of sacrifices, including animal sacrifice. I'm not aware of human sacrifice in the African religions, though some religions in the world did have human sacrifice. Not aware of any in the African religions. Not to say there were not, there was not, but I'm not aware of it. Um, so these animal sacrifices and sacrifices of food and drink and things that are valuable to us are given to the gods to worship them and to gain their favor, the gods, are demigods and spirits. Divination, the use of objects and the arrangement of objects like bones to know the will of the gods and the spirits, to influence the gods and the spirits, are often to tell the future or to tell a practitioner something about him or herself. Um, the influence of religion and traditional medicine, traditional African Medicine, like traditional Asian medicine, is based a lot on the spirit world and some other things. And so what we know as voodoo is actually a system of religion based on traditional African religions, plural, that evolved over time as Africans were brought against their will to the new world. And just like, uh, you know, a language that is taken to a new place and isolated or separated from its parent language will change over time, so will a religion. Right. Just think about uh, it was only in, you know, 1700s that the British uh, colonized what we know now as the U.S. And think about how English, the American English has changed already in this in those 300 years. You know, the accents, vocabulary, somewhat different. Um, So, you know, yeah, even grammar and spelling, this have changed a little bit. So that's what happens also to religion. By the way, the uh, the word voodoo, uh, where does it come from? Probably from an African word. Vodun, Vodun, Vodun—I'm not sure—and uh, its cognates in, in some Central and West African languages, meaning spirit, probably where it comes from. So, Voodoo, as an amalgamation of tradi- uh, traditional African religions, developed its own characteristics in different places in the New World, much like a language. Like I said, when it's separated, it changes. And so, some major kind of Voodoo in the New World and related religions are, first of all, Haitian Voodoo, probably the most well-known. Uh, Southern U.S., Southern American voodoo in the general South, Louisiana voodoo specifically, and more specifically New Orleans voodoo, and then also hoodoo, as we'll talk about later. Hoodoo is an offshoot of voodoo, and it also is found in the American South. We'll take a look at all of them in this series individually. Let's begin with Haitian voodoo, and it's often pronounced voodoo, voodoo, because it's the most well-known, I think. It's also the concept of where zombies come from. Where the concept of zombies come from, you might go back to Fang's and folklore's episode, a series on zombies, to hear details about that. It's quite fascinating. But the idea of zombies, in a way, comes from Haitian Voodoo. Haitian Voodoo is a blend of these West and uh, Central African religions and Roman Catholicism that was forced upon the African slaves by the French. Don't you love how? Uh, the Europeans did that, right? <laughs> For, and look, my ancestor's are European too, French and Spanish. So, but I'm just saying, you know, forced upon uh, the African slaves, you're gonna, you know, we're gonna enslave you and treat you like objects. By the way, come join our religion; it's great, you know. So it's a, a combination of the the African religions and Roman Catholicism, and a lot of practitioners of Voodoo in Haiti see no contradiction there. They practice one or both, or you know, put them together, no problem. Haitian voodoo rec- recognizes a sole creator god named Bondier, which is the Haitian creole for bon dieu, which in French, standard French, means the good lord or good god. Bondier, like I said, uh, is not accessible directly to voodoo adherents. He's like the great clockmaker of the deist movement of the enlightenment. Created the universe, took a step back and said, good luck. But in order to access the divine, there are these demigods and spirits which voodoo, uh, Haitian Vodou uh, uh, adherents called Loa, or Loa or Loa. They're in the minor deities and spirits. Now, Vodouists usually uh, meet um, in a temple called an Unfo. Unfo, I guess I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Unfo, uh, where an Ungan, who's a priest, uh, or a Manbo, priestess, where they uh, do the services, uh, they t- tend to the temple. And these Loa are uh, basically approached there in the temple. And the ritual, the main ritual for Haitian Vodou is, um, there's, okay, so there's music, there's drumming, singing, dancing. Imagine traditional African kind of music, um, how that might appear. And then uh, they ask the Loa to possess them, to to mount them is the the terminology used. And uh, they make sacrifices, offer these sacrifices, and ask the Loa, please come and mount us and, and teach us things. And so, you have this ceremony, right, where, where this, this music and dancing and people swirl around and hopefully be possessed by the loi. Um, Because Vodou is indeed a full-on religion, just like any other religion, I'm not going to make this an academic study of every detail, okay? Let's look at the good parts, right? Fangs and folklore. If you're watching Fangs and Folklore or listening, then you probably love, like me, dark, horror, spooky things, right? That's the whole p- purpose of this podcast, really, and my, the books that I write. So I'm going to try to focus on the good stuff. And let's do this by taking a look at some of the Loa, the demigods and spirits, the ones that are accessible. There's a ton of these, and I've tried to pick some interesting ones for you from Haitian Vodou. Start off with Legba. You might know as Papa Legba, right? This is one of the major ones. He's the old man, kind of the traveler, like, like kind of the Thor of an, as an old man of, of Vodou. <laughs> he guards the crossroads. He is the... The, the life side of the crossroads. The crossroads are like the tra- transition between life and death. There's a death side, the life side. He's the life side. And so he is greatly venerated and uh, prayed to almost all the time in every ceremony. He... Um, he helps to control the crossing over into death, that world. And remember, to voodoo, or voodoo, death is not the end. It's not something to be feared or dreaded. It's just a transition, a crossing over into another world, another realm, where you become an ancestor spirit and still influence this world. He is kind of like the contact point. So he can deliver messages from the gods. He is very important. He, um, he mounts some of the practitioners sometimes, right? If he mounts you, he possesses you then uh, it's a good thing. It's considered a good sign. And he grants wishes. He uh, guards temples and crossroads, courtyards, houses, protects the home. He's like a god of the home. He is, uh, he is um, uh, around the evil spirits, but he doesn't bring them into the world. He kind of keeps them at bay. He's also uh, the guardian of the Potomitan, which I guess uh, comes as Haitian Creole for uh, Moitié or something, the middle post, uh, um, which is like uh, this idea of the post in the middle of the crossroads, the very center, I guess, of the universe. And he comes, he appears as an old man, kind of walking along, kind of hunchbacked, right with his cane. He uh, smokes a tobacco pipe and carries a little sack with some food in it. He sometimes has wounds on his body, I guess to represent the uh, burden of, that he takes on for mankind and the transition from life into death. He likes vegetables, meats, uh, so food is offered to him often. And um, the, um, the outward appearance of Legba is weak, like a weak old man, but inside he's very powerful. Very powerful, and he's also associated associated with the sun and daylight, so the life side of things, right? Uh, his colors are green, rose, and red, and sometimes he's interchanged with the Christian or the Catholic uh, character Saint Peter because he holds the keys to the kingdom of death and life. If you ever heard? If you're from the south like me, you've heard of this, the kind of stereotype about the old black blues musician who. Uh, wants to succeed, and so he goes down to the crossroads at midnight and he meets the devil and makes a deal with the devil. I'll give you my soul, devil, if you make me the greatest blues musician who ever lived, right? And the devil says, all right. And so uh, that, that legend probably comes from this idea of Papa Legba, from the African religions. Next is the famous and larger than life Baron Samdi, Baron Samdi. Samdi is the French word for Saturday. Baron Samdi, he is death, okay, whereas Legba is... Kind of the the life side of things, Baron is death, and he actually is the death side of Gede. Now, Gede is like the uh, um, it's hard to explain this. You know how in Hinduism you have one god who comes in avatars and different avatars, different characters. So well, it's kind of like that. Gede is a big god of death and life, and whereas Papa Legba is kind of the life side, Baron Samdi is kind of the death side of that crossroads. And this show, uh, this uh, demonstrates the Very important view, like I said, that death is not final in Vodou. It's not final. It's just a change into another state of being, another world. And so, uh, Baron Samdi wants to show that death is not to be feared. So he's kind of larger than life. Sometimes he's like wild and comical, tells dirty jokes, flirts with women, shows that we don't have to fear death. And when he appears in a ceremony, when he mounts one of the practitioners, he wears a pair of sunglasses with one of the, uh, I think the, the right lens, not there, because he wants to keep an eye on people so they don't steal his food and tobacco. Mm, he uh, Basically, people who are mounted by Baron Samdi go through the ceremony, spin around, they're mounted, they fall on the ground, whatever they do, and then they don't remember anything about it. So he takes total control uh, of the person. Uh, he, he is erotic, erotic, uh, he laughs a lot, jokes a lot, he's dirty, he smokes tobacco, he eats to his fill, he gets drunk, he loves rum, by the way, he loves rum, and loves sex. <laughs> and so uh, it's interesting that on uh, November 2nd, it's an important voodoo, I guess, festival where people go to cemeteries and light candles in honor of Baron, Baron Samdi, very similar to many festivals around the world, the Mexican Day of the Dead, Al Dia de los Muertos, and then uh, you know the Tomb Cleaning Day in Asia, and then... Here in the US, uh, All, so- All Souls Day or All Saints Day, where people go to cemeteries to remember and honor the dead, and different cultures take that to a different degree. Here, it's to it's to kind of celebrate death, right? Uh, so he's the law of death. And he is also a trickster. If you know anything about the trickster motif in Africa, it's very important in African folktale. A trickster is not good or bad. He's not moral or immoral, he's amoral. He does things for his own amusement. The, uh, the Old South tales of Briar Rabbit, uh, comes from an African trickster. Uh, lapin, Bouquier lapin, and so uh, he's a trickster who, you know, doesn't do things to be mean or to be good, he just does them for his own amusement, kind of to see what happens, poke it and see what happens. Okay, so he's an interesting character. Now this third law I'm going to tell you about is named Kalfu. ooh, he's he's dark. The word Kalfu is the Haitian uh, Creole word for the French word carrefour, right, carrefour, Kalfu, and it means the crossroads. Uh, Kalfu is also at the crossroads, but he is in charge of evil spirits, so voodoo does have evil spirits too. We might call them demons, sometimes they call them demons, although Kalfu insists he's not a demon, but uh, these evil spirits, angry ancestors and just evil spirits, demonic kind of creatures, Kalfu allows them into our world. Uh, Why? Well, uh, who knows, you know, it's to introduce darkness into the world as well as light, I suppose. Because that's, you know, let's face it, this world and life, it's good and bad, not just one. He is strong and tall, he's muscular, and you're not supposed to speak in his presence. So if you're at a ceremony and kalfu mounts someone, you've got to be quiet. Just stop speaking and kind of stay to yourself, because he will allow evil loa to enter. And if you talk, you're interacting with them, and they're going to mount you, and then you're in big trouble. He, um, he, again, he denies being a demon. He's respected and feared, but not liked. And he is associated with black magic, okay, black magic, sorcery, really wicked stuff. Uh, he is associated with darkness and the, not just the death part of the crossroads, but the evil and wicked side. The moon is Kalfu's symbol. He is violent, he's dangerous, he can really cause a lot of harm to humanity, but you can offer sacrifices to him to kind of placate him a little bit he's kind of like the the wildness of the world of creation of humanity the the um that chaotic things that are not orderly not easy to fit into the palm of your hand and of course evil things black magic so if you like me if you like those spooky things kalfu is the law for you um he controls uh he can change into human beings and take over their bodies after the ceremony continue on controlling their minds so you can be you can be possessed by calfoo kind of like the christian idea catholic idea of possession by demon right you see a lot of interchange between voodoo and catholicism for the reason i told you earlier so you can see that evil and black magic and dark wickedness is a part of voodoo it's not all of voodoo it's a whole religion right uh, i want to emphasize that it's a complete religion but uh, and and pr- people who practice voodoo are not necessarily evil they can be good good people but It does contain some really dark and wicked things, some black, dark magic stuff. And so that's what we like, right? That's why you tune into Fangs and folklore, I think, and that's why you hopefully read my books and love horror and like horror movies like I do, the dark and spooky stuff. So as we continue this voodoo series, we're going to really dive into that and see a lot about it. We'll talk more also about Louisiana and New Orleans voodoo, which I'm a bit more familiar with. I grew up in Lafayette, Louisiana and New Orleans, Louisiana, and Louisiana is my home state, and I know about this stuff. Um, Also, uh, I want to invite you, if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. And I'd love to hear your comments. If you're listening on Podbean or any other fine podcasting site, my email address is matthew.miller.writer at gmail.com. That's matthew.miller.writer at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. That's two T's in Matthew. Would love to hear from you also. I'd like to thank you for listening. And What the hell is that? Uh, yeah, I think there's some activity in the upper floors of the castle or in the forest. I think that's my cue to go. Thanks for listening, and as always, sleep well if you can.